That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Tuesday, May 19th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Resident Evil Code Veronica may be getting remade after Resident Evil 4, if that's even being remade, that this is all rumor. Assassin's Creed Valhalla may be just as big as Odyssey, or maybe even longer, despite previous reports. Sony is releasing a Last of Us Part 2 PlayStation 4 Pro console, and Mafia 2 Definitive Edition is out today. Resident Evil Code Veronica may be getting remade after all, according to rumor. When rumors about Resident Evil 4 being potentially remade started showing up online, a pair of debates popped up beside it. The first was, does Resident Evil 4 really need to be remade? And the second was, what about Resident Evil Code Veronica? Shouldn't that be remade after 3? I'm actually streaming the game right now on my Twitch channel, the original Resident Evil Code Veronica, and one of the main reasons I decided to play it was because I had never played it, and I always wanted to, and I didn't think it was going to be remade anytime soon. I figured now was as good a time as any. According to a new rumor from Joe Pring and the site WeGotThisCovered.com, it looks like Code Veronica may be on track to be remade, after all. Pring writes, Capcom is, in fact, planning to give Code Veronica its own well-deserved makeover, though there's one rather substantial caveat worth noting. Assuming everything goes according to plan, and that's a big if considering the current climate, Capcom is believed to be targeting a 2021 launch window for Resident Evil 8. Fans have already been waiting three years for a continuation of the core narrative following 2017's seventh installment, so it makes sense that the developers' priorities lie here. The new and improved Resident Evil 4, on the other hand, is believed to be arriving roughly 12 months later, accounting for 2022. That being the case, then, a remake of Resident Evil Code Veronica most certainly won't be arriving anytime soon, with 2023 being the absolute earliest for when fans can expect to see it. And that is, again, from Joe Pring on WeGotThisCovered.com. To chat about this rumor a little more and discuss its potential veracity, I called up Resident Evil expert Alex Aniel, who goes by at CVXFreak on Twitter, which stands for Code Veronica X Freak. To talk about it. Hey, Alex, thanks for joining Gaming Ride Home. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, of course. So you're, I consider you a Resident Evil expert, and there was a, a rumor going around recently. I mean, you, we've talked, I've talked about on the show the Resident Evil 4 remake rumors and all that kind of stuff, but now a new one has popped up for a remake of Resident Evil Code Veronica. And I just wanted to get your perspective on it. Do you think it's likely? Do you, have you heard anything about that? Your ear is closer to the Resident Evil ground than mine is. Yeah, I actually haven't heard much about anything like that. Uh, this this rumor would be the first time I've, I've seen anything about a Code Veronica remake. That's not pure speculation, I guess. Um, we, we've seen plenty of rumors about Resident Evil 4 at this point, and there were plenty about 3 as well before it was released. I mean, I can't say either way, but 
it would be nice, I think, to have a Code Veronica remake for sure. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, that's that that entry in particular is special for you, right? For me, because it's the first one I played. Uh, and I think uh, for a lot of Sega fans as well, there's a lot of significance uh, in the game for them because that was originally a Dreamcast exclusive. But yeah, I, I think it would be great. And if, if this Resident Evil 4 rumor does pan out, it would be pretty unfortunate if they skipped Code Veronica because I think the game, as good as I think it is, could definitely benefit from a similar fresh coat of paint that they've given to 2 and 3. Yeah, this is this is really coincidental, but I'm actually playing it for the first time right now i'm streaming it i've just started playing as chris just to give you an idea of where i am in the game but to me this feels more like a mainline entry in resident evil than than proper three does like i feel like there's more story happening in this game than there is in three which is it's so strange to me right i mean it's for one it's a much longer game there are more characters in code veronica that you know show up in other resident evil games uh than than in three uh, most of the cast of three were all one-off characters uh, that haven't appeared in other games. And the original intention for three was to be a spin-off. They just added the three at the last minute for marketing purposes, pretty much. So, yeah, it, it, it Code Veronica was definitely supposed to be the next big Resident Evil game after RE2 came out. They even had the same uh, story writer. So there's a lot of continuity there. But yeah, if they, if they skip Code Veronica, you know, I think for a lot of people who are on this new remake timeline, you know, there's going to be something missing by the time they get to Resident Evil 5, right? So hopefully they they get around to it uh, sometime. And I think there's a lot of there are a lot of great reasons why a remake of Code Veronica would be uh, something that's worth doing, if not now in the next few years. And I think the biggest reason is Resident Evil 3 was quite action-oriented, more so than Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 7. And if Resident Evil 4 does end up getting remade, that's going to be another action-oriented Resident Evil game for sure. So I think uh, if they want to re-explore that that horror focus that they did so well with Resident Evil 2, I think, especially if Resident Evil 8, the other uh, heavily rumored game, ends up being a first-person title, I think Code Veronica is the perfect backdrop where you can revisit a third person over the shoulder horror oriented resident evil title with um, multiple scenarios and a more significant storyline so i they they i actually if i would be very disappointed if they never got around to it <laughs> alex is based in japan and is currently working on a book about the history of the resident evil series called an itchy tasty history of resident evil that is due to publish sometime next year there is a link in the show notes where you can learn all about it as well as some links to excerpts from the book that have been featured on polygon.com i have also included our full chat at the end of today's episode if you want to hear more from alex and i discussing the resident evil series and also you know if you're wondering why the episode is so long today A fan translation of an Assassin's Creed Valhalla interview points to the game being potentially larger than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. There has been some confusion related to Assassin's Creed Valhalla since its reveal regarding its size. Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey are both huge games, arguably to a fault. They're intimidating. But shortly after Valhalla was revealed, Ubisoft Middle East head of communications Malik Tafaha tweeted something in Arabic that translated roughly to, it won't be the longest or biggest game in the series, 
which I was actually happy to hear, but it sounds like that might be inaccurate. In a recent interview with French YouTube channel Julien Chitza, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's Julien Laferriere said, and this is another rough translation that was done by fans, I would actually say, in terms of range, it is probably a bit larger than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I do not have the exact figures at this stage, but we have not only created the whole country, which is in this case England, but also a good part of Norway too. There are other secret worlds, which I cannot speak about today, which contributed to the size of the game. It's not a small game. It is a game which is clearly ambitious, which will offer many, many hours of gameplay for the players. So based on that interview, it sounds like Valhalla may be bigger than Odyssey, or if nothing else, certainly comparable. PushSquare.com's Stephen Tailby reached out to Ubisoft to ask for clarification and received the following statement. Odyssey has fantastic momentum. Our aim with Valhalla is to build on that by creating a more approachable story while adding more depth and new features and activities to the open world that we believe will keep players engaged for a long time. Which doesn't really answer the question, but confirms a suspicion I had that even if Valhalla is technically smaller than Odyssey, it's still going to be a massive game. I personally would have been okay with a smaller, shorter game. I really liked what I played of Odyssey, but did hit a point pretty early on where I was just like, what am I doing here? I've played like seven hours and have barely scratched the surface. Am I ready to commit here? And it turned out I wasn't, and I never got around to finishing it. Hopefully Valhalla will grab me, and I will see it to the end. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Sony unveils a subtle The Last of Us Part 2 Special Edition PlayStation 4 Pro. Perhaps this was inevitable, but Sony revealed today a special edition PlayStation 4 Pro model for The Last of Us Part 2. It's not garish or too overt, which these things sometimes have a tendency to be, and thankfully does not focus on the clickers in terms of its art, and instead uses Ellie's tattoo and actually engraves the design into the side of the console, which is apparently a first, according to Naughty Dog art director John Sweeney. The controller also has the tattoo design on the right handle, and in another subtle touch, the face buttons are simply white and not colored, which is cool. The controller will apparently be available separately too. 
One weird thing, there is a short video for the console, and in the video, it shows the system and controller side-by-side, side, and the Last of Us Part Two logo appears on the controller's touchpad, but then the logo does not appear in other shots of the controller. I don't think the logo is on the touchpad, but it's weird that there is a moment where it looks like it is. The system will be $400, comes with a 2TB hard drive, will include a physical copy of The Last of Us Part 2, and codes for things like a Last of Us dynamic theme and some avatar pictures. It will be available the same day as the game, which will be June 19th, exactly one month from today. Here's what released today, as well as some things to keep an eye out for in the future. Mafia 2 Definitive Edition is out today, which is the previously teased remaster of Mafia 2 for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. You can also buy it as part of the Mafia Trilogy for $60, which includes It, Mafia 3, and Mafia Definitive Edition, the latter of which won't be available until August 28th. On the Trilogy's website, it says that Mafia Definitive Edition is, quote, a total remake of the beloved classic, which has been, quote, expanded with new content and stellar presentation. There is a brief 22-second teaser trailer for it online, and it looks very sharp. Better than Mafia 2, actually, which, which is kind of funny. In the trilogy, it is definitely the one I am most interested in seeing and potentially playing, since I totally missed it when it first came out. The Wonderful 101 Remastered is out today on PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. The game originally released back in 2013 as a Wii U exclusive, and through the Wii U's life, it stood as one of its more notable third-party exclusives. The game was directed by Hideki Kamiya, who has an impressive history having worked on games like Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, Beautiful Joe, and Okami. In the game, you actually control a big group of superheroes. It doesn't really play like it, but it kind of looks like Pikmin while you're playing. I'm excited to see it find a new audience after it kind of languished on the Wii U for so many years. Golf With Your Friends is out today on PC, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It's not one I was really familiar with until today, but it's a multiplayer mini-golf game with what appears to be crazy over-the-top courses. A Fold Apart, a puzzle game about long-distance relationships, is out today on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One after having previously released on PC and Switch. Gorn is out today on PlayStation VR, and even if you're not familiar with that name, there is a good chance you have seen short videos or animated GIFs of Gorn. It's a violent, cartoonish gladiator arena game where you can do stuff like rip the arms off your opponents and use them as melee weapons. It's a weird one. Hidden Folks is getting some new content on June 4th, Hidden Folks is a charming game built with black and white line drawings where you have to explore images to find hidden objects. Its sound design is all vocalized by human voices. Music, sound effects, all that stuff is made by people making noises with their mouths. It's been out for a few years, but this is its biggest content update. It will add six new music-themed areas, more than 70 new objects to find, and a bunch of other little additions. The game is currently on mobile devices. I played it on iOS. It's also on PC and Switch. The price of the game is going up a little, but if you already own it, you will get the update for free. 
The Switch version will take a little longer to get the update. The game's creator, Adrian DeJong, said on Twitter, Unfortunately, the Nintendo Switch patch for hidden folks will have to wait a bit longer as Nintendo is swamped. It's a cool game, and I am happy to hear it is getting more content. It's not a video game, but the first episode of Reggie fils podcast, Talking Games with Reggie and Harold, is out today. I haven't listened yet, but I am looking forward to it. It's on SoundCloud at the time of this writing, but Harold Goldberg, the Harold in the podcast's title, says it will be on other platforms like Apple Podcasts later today. Hopefully it has released wide by the time you're listening to this. That's it for gaming news today. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now, which we've talked about earlier in the show, and you can find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow or right now, if you're inclined. You heard Alex, Aniel, and I discussing the Resident Evil Code Veronica remake rumor earlier, but we talked about more than that, so I figured I would put the full chat here at the end of today's episode if you wanted to listen to the full thing. Enjoy! Yeah, I I hope they do. I mean, the rumors that are circulating now, it seems like you know, eight is eight is still rumored. You know, four is still rumored. But if those do come to fruition, Code Veronica would be after those. So if it is in fact being worked on, or you know, in the queue, I guess you could say, I, I don't think we're going to see it for a while. <laughs> Which is it's okay as long as it comes to exist eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. I feel like we we've gotten quite a lot of Resident Evil over the last three years. And I don't want Capcom to overextend themselves. I do, I knew, I do know that these are all made by different development teams, but uh, the last few times Capcom's dumped, you know, a multitude of Resident Evil games in a short period of time, there have been uh, sometimes shortcomings from entry to entry. And I feel like Resident Evil 3 Remake was probably a good example of that, where... It, the, the game for me wasn't terribly remarkable in a lot of ways. And having come so soon after RE2, I feel like maybe if they had taken more time to to kind of develop Resident Evil 3, it would have been an even better game. So, I I mean, if, if it comes down to a good game or a great game, I, I'd rather Capcom took their time. Yeah, I don't want them to, to rush Code Veronica 13, 13 or 14 months after RE4 comes out or, or RE8 comes out and... <laughs> It's not that great because of that. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, I do. I do have to ask. So, what do you think of Code Veronica? Oh, uh, like what are your thoughts so far? I I like it. I like it more than I thought I would. Actually, I kind of went in with mm-hmm. some pessimism. I'd heard it was one of the harder ones, which kind of scared me. Um, and then, like, I didn't think that the thing I would like would be like, oh, I'm getting some history on the family that you know came to create mm-hmm. Umbrella. I didn't expect that to be part of it. And uh, yeah, I'm digging it. I, I'm liking it more than I thought I would. Mm, yeah, I think uh, it was, in my opinion, a very well-liked game when it came out. I think uh, it was revolutionary in a lot of ways, but because it's been 20 years, people, especially people who came after the game's release, have forgotten a lot of its contributions to the franchise. Uh, I mean, I do, 
I do acknowledge that Code Veronica can be a little strange in terms of the storytelling, uh, the voice acting. Oh yeah, it's and big time. <laughs> it's, it can be. It can be to. a bit. Yeah, it can be a bit hard, and I think that this is kind of a, a fault of the game's localization because the the Japanese version has difficulty modes that make oh. it a lot more manageable to play the game. A lot more manageable. Like you. I think if you start on one of the easiest modes, you end up with a lot of weapons uh, early on. So that's all not available to players of the North American version. So, yeah, uh, I mean, even even just some alerts that are like, "Oh, hey, heads up!" Like you should deposit everything in a box here because you're not coming back right. in a while. <laughs> like even that would be like right, would be nice, right. you know? Yeah, like when you when you know that it's not a problem. Well, I mean, I guess you can say that with any game, but like with sure, Code Veronica yeah. specifically, like there's nothing about like the way the bosses behave that that's inherently difficult uh, if you have the right equipment, right? And you know the basic strategy because they're they're not terribly complex, right? But if you just don't have this the 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 correct equipment, then it can be a little a little burdensome. But one thing I like about Code Veronica is that almost every boss has some weird hack that that allows you to uh, kill them very easily. Uh, and you don't actually need to use that much ammo. Uh, so every yeah, and a lot of these boss fights. I don't know if you if 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 you ever thought about it, but they're not they're not boss fights that you could have had in the pre-rendered games, right? Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like a like you know Nosferatu with the sniper rifle and stuff like that. Yeah, sniper rifle, sniper rifle, the the tyrant with the moving crate. Yes, like, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. requires like all that requires a real time engine and you know if you if you played that just a few months after re3 i think the 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 advances were very evident back in the day so yeah it's really unfortunate that that one didn't get a number after it like that that probably should have been four and then four should have been five and so on and so forth i think that would have given it a better foothold in, in the series's history maybe yeah, I mean, it was all down to console politics. Pretty much the, the general producer at the time said, okay, Sony gets all the numbered Resident Evil games, and then we'll give Sega we'll give Sega this game called Code Veronica that's not a side story, but we can't give it a number because the numbered games are on PlayStation. And then we'll give, we'll give Nintendo fans zero because that means they won't have to play anything else <laughs> in order to get... To get the storyline, so it, it's really fascinating, and I do talk about this in my book how how a lot of like marketing and like console politics, like with the first parties and Capcom, really shape a lot of the early history of Resident Evil, uh, and uh, I feel like a lot of that still has profound influences today, especially with RE3 remake. You know, remaking a game that originally started out as a side story is. I would say it's pretty uncommon, right? I don't really hear about side stories getting remade all the time. Uh, so, you know, it's, all that kind of reverberates today. You know, yeah, and totally. then, funny enough, there are those rumors that Resident Evil 8 was originally a Revelations game. So it feels like yeah, I heard some of that too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I can, I can see it being true, but I can also see it not being true because I think Re- Revelations. Um, should have been continued into a third entry. I think it did very well for Capcom. Uh, and I think the, the... I don't know if you've played the Revelations games. One yeah, two. I've played them. I think, yeah. Right. You know, I think they, they, they've got their own particular flavor of Resident Evil that I find to be very interesting. Uh, they're like kind of their own thing, but 
they have enough connections to the main numbered titles that they don't feel like they're totally separated. And based on what we've heard about RE8 and like the the plot beats, you know, they do sound very revelations like. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, I like this trajectory yeah. the series kind of seemed like it was going on, where it's like Revelations is like picking up where four left off. Seven was kind of picking up where you know, classic Resident Evil left off. And I was like, oh, well, those two can go kind of side by side. But now, yeah, I don't know. Now I don't know what's happened to that track. I, they just, it's, it's well, interesting. Well, the, the, so far, the Revelations games have been replaced by the remakes, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. Totally, yeah. Which which I think is actually an interesting, an interesting strategy, right? You can use the new numbered entries for, you know, your new and exciting ideas. And then the, the remakes can be like that very comfortable over-the-shoulder third-person style. Yeah. Uh, the sort of the four influence, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they take the series from here. I think I think there's a lot of potential for 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 different things. Uh, and I, you know, despite RE3 not being, like, super great, in my opinion, I do think that they're, they still have a very solid foundation going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, um, thanks so much, Alex. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me about it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah no, uh, anytime. Fingers anytime. crossed for both of us that this rumor is true, that Code Veronica is being worked on, a remake is being worked on at some capacity. I, I hope it is. And I'm really glad you're liking the game. Uh, yes. Good luck to the end. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I'm streaming it, so I, I, I'm, I've committed myself to finishing it, so I'm, I'm about there. Excellent, excellent. All right. All right, take care, Kyle. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.